Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. Stocks here trying to come back, uh, grind higher after we didn't get any additional selling since the open. Let's talk about big picture risks to investors. Joining us again, happy to bring back Rick Bookstaber from Fabric, a former Wall Street CRO at some of the biggest firms. Rick, good to see you again. Yeah, great to be on again. Hey, when we talked last year, you told us that the market was much more vulnerable than people thought. Your main focus was on inflation, and it seems a lot of that played out. Tell me how you're viewing that particular subject right now. So, yeah, when I guess I was on last spring, like last April, and uh, the big issues were inflation, and, and I was talking about rates and how basically there's no magic for rates being in the 3% level. Uh, obviously, yeah, as you said, things have played out in that regard. Uh, I feel like from a risk standpoint, and I don't try to prognosticate, so I don't know, is the market going up or down? But from a risk standpoint, a lot of those risks are resolved. We all know there's inflation. We all know what's going on with rates. Uh, in terms of geopolitical, we kind of know the direction that's going. So I think risk right now is a lot lower than it uh, was when we were talking in the spring interesting now uh, is that because the uh, threat is is reduced in its severity or because uh, we've been talking about it so much that the uh, uh, potential for surprise is lessened are those two distinct things yeah i think it's the issue with surprise we know what the catalysts for problems will be and that's not to say we won't have the problems but we kind of are looking out and for the short term for the next year or so inflation recession extension of the war with ukraine you know all these are things that are in our mind and that we're monitoring okay now uh rick does that mean that uh, for portfolio managers for investors they can uh, loosen up a little bit on the bond side is that where the core of this is uh the if the inflation risk starts to get priced in can treasuries maybe act a little bit more normally I think uh, given what's happened over the last six months, uh, normal is a pretty relative term. They could be pretty bad still and not be as bad as they were. Uh, but when you have REITs rise as quickly uh, as they have, that's a pretty momentous event. Uh, I'd, I mean, I'd have to say that the volatility for uh, bonds, especially uh, say the 10-year treasury, uh, has got to be moderated from what it has been over the last six months. Uh, there may be more risk, though, with uh, credit. So if you have high-yield bonds, there's still a lot of room to move in terms of credit spreads. If you look, you know, historically, credit spreads over Treasury of 5%, even 8 or 9% is not out of the norm. Uh, when you have a recession and, and credit just has not been an issue that's been on people's minds yet. Mm. Yeah, so uh, are you a believer, Rick, that maybe we're transitioning from the in inflation phase to more recessionary risk? Uh, I think inflation is out there. It's already in the cards. Recession is sort of out there too, right? I, th the thing about recession is the actual notion of recession in terms of definition is just what the uh, National Bureau of Economic Research says it is. So you can have a pretty bad economic situation, not technically have it be a recession. Uh, and of course, equity markets 
are based on expectations. So it could well be that a lot of that's built in already. Uh, but yeah, recession uh, is more on the forefront, I think, in terms of a risk now. And what I said back in April is still true in terms of vulnerability of the markets. We still have high leverage. Uh, we still have concentration in equities, but nowhere near where it used to be. Uh, and there's questions with liquidity, liquidity even in the treasury market, which is the most liquid market in the world. And, and we're not really seeing that manifest because if the trading levels are typical day-to-day -day levels, the illiquidity that would be there if something severe happens is not really being tested. Mm, I like that uh, interesting framing of that. Uh, Rick, let's talk about um, uh, some of the maybe more offbeat risks that you see. One of them uh, tied to some degree in some of the COVID fallout where supply chains uh, to some extent have uh, domiciled. We've heard about how uh, we've now seen some of the risks of the world being interconnected. Uh, Deglobalization uh, is something that you see as potentially uh, a risk point to investors. Tell me how. So we're seeing that uh, coming to play now. The idea is that uh, Yellen talked about this in a speech she gave a few months ago, friend shoring. Uh, it may not be you know, coming back home, but it will be moving production supply chains to friendly nations, <laughs> uh, which means non-China. So I, I think the notion of deglobalization could be said to be de-Chinaization because China is the source of a lot of this, and of course they're a very large economy. Uh, short term, that's a risk because it's costly to move things back onshore or towards friends. Uh, you know, physical plants, some problems with supply chains because China could always react. Uh, long term, it's, uh, I think, a positive thing because then the markets are more robust. We have one less risk to deal with. So long term, the risk of moving away from globalization, uh, our risk drops. Now, it, it may be a little more costly for goods because we're not going to necessarily be producing in the uh, cheapest market. But if we look out over the course of deglobalization or de-Chinaization. Over the long term, it means lower risk. Mm. It sounds like uh, deglobalization, to your point, de-Chinaization, basically that being the major risk point. Heard in an interview yesterday, Citadel's Ken Griffin say that if uh, we lost access to Taiwan's semiconductor industry, we immediately go into Great Depression. Uh, is, is that uh, kind of the major risk point that you see, that particular region? Yeah, and it's it's short term. You know, if you're in economics 101, they always talk about short term versus long term. Uh, short term is the time before you can really make adjustments in your physical plant. Uh, short term, it would clearly be a problem. Longer term, of course, we can adjust for it. The cost of production will be higher, uh, but will be in a more stable environment in terms of the economy. Uh, and what is long-term, you know, maybe two years, it might be five years. Okay, all right, so uh, time frame here. We got a little we got a little room to operate in, make some changes uh, maybe. Uh, Rick, the last point is about climate change, the risk that you see. Uh, what is that risk? Is it just a physical risk or is it a, a, a corporate earnings risk? It's, it is corporate earnings and people tend not to be looking in that way. You know, when people oh. talk about climate change, they think, oh, 
30 years from now. Uh, but we're seeing real economic effects even now. Uh, two that are clear, uh, production of electricity. Uh, Norway is 90% dependent on hydroelectric and with what's going on with climate, they're having problems with production because uh, of the drop in water levels due to drought. Uh, France is about 70% dependent on nuclear power for their electricity, same problem. If the water is warmer and there's less of a flow in rivers, they can't cool the plants and they have to reduce. So electricity is a problem, supply chain. Nobody, I think, was even anticipating this a year or two ago. Uh, the Rhine could only support about a third as much traffic this summer as it typically does. The Mississippi also is having problems. So these are things mm. that really affect the economy and we're not even in our mindset. And, and the point is, this is not only something that's current. It suggests that there may be other issues that come about from climate change that just hit us by surprise and that are immediate effects. But the other thing too to remember is, uh, as I said before, the equity market is based on expectations. And if people wake up and see what the implications are for the economy five, 10, 20 years out, once they wake up, equity prices should adjust now. Hmm. Uh, so it's that what happens in 30 years, once people wake up to it, and, and there's so much else going on, nobody's really, this is not front center in people's minds, uh, then that'll also be a risk for the equity markets now, not in 10 or 20 years. All right, well, we'll keep up the conversation at a faster pace than uh, uh, 10 to 20 years, at least once every six months. Appreciate the check in, Rick. Thank you very much for outlining what you see. Okay, well, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, of course. Rick Bookstaber, co-founder and head of risk at Fabric. Always a very interesting and nuanced approach that we don't hear really from anywhere else, especially the de-Chinization as a risk. Uh, but maybe long term, something positive if we can de-risk from it.